Welcome to What's Good Under the Hood. Until we're ready to go with another episode of What's Good Under the Hood. Right there is Greg Hood. I'm pointing in the right direction. Hit me right in the eye. <laughs> From Mazda, Columbia. And over there under the Fox Sports Radio 1400 banner, Rob Sanders. My name's Andy. Rob. Andy. Rob. Yeah, yes. take off your hat for the folks. Oh God, I got to. Oh no! I, oh, that's right, because I you did. Like, you had your kid shake your like head. A didn't giant you? thumb. It's growing back pretty. It's darn growing fast. back pretty fast. But uh, we raised, we raised like twelve hundred dollars for uh, for the folks down at the the uh, the NICU. That's pretty nice. And yeah, it's actually kind of cool because they have like a different fund set up there for uh, single parents that they can they may not have certain little things or whatever, and that's what this went to. Very specialized, very cool that we were able to do that. I have a, and now I don't have any hair. I have a suggestion. Sure. Yes, sir. If you got a Sharpie, mm-hmm. draw three little dots on your head. You will look like a bowling ball at that point. Well, no, we'll just put right Mazda. <laughs> you know, I, I might, I, man, I might have to do that. But uh, the daughter shaved my eyebrows too. <laughs> I didn't notice that. We shaved the eye. Well, that's because I have blonde eyebrows. And uh, dude, you should paint them back on in black. I know. I was thinking. You should you should totally paint, paint on some eyebrows. No, but yeah, but they shave the eyebrows and uh, the next bit, they want to wax my arms for the next charity event. Do that live on the show. Just glad you said arms. I was thinking arms. Yeah, man. Or maybe my legs. I might do my legs. I don't have a problem with that. Andy tells me I have the best legs ever. Well, no, it's no, I didn't say that. I said my daughter's an esthetician. And the other day she goes, dad, I got to do a Brazilian on Thursday. I, she just doesn't like it. Her friend, I asked her friend, because we were down at the Morgan Wilding concert. And I said, I was married to an esthetician one time. And she told me there are horror stories, horror stories (laughs) about things she had to do. And, and her friend, Mahaley. Yeah. She said, I was giving someone a Brazilian once. And. Do you need to tell this story? I mean, because I, 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 you, I you, you I really shouldn't you? go down this can road, I Andy. Because you? Yeah. I'm not talking about you that. probably wanna, should. We probably all shouldn't right. get into that because my uh, <laughs> my Brazilian story would trump all. But anyway, yeah, there you go. Let's talk about what's good under the freaking hood. That's right. That's right. All right. So hey, I've got great stuff for us because uh, these are things that um, that I want to know. And hey, we no, get. I, I need to stop. I need sure. to stop. I got. I, I, in case people listen to this and didn't see the little disclaimer on the bottom of two podcasts ago. In my rant, I was talking about the amount of oil. I made an error, and it was five hundred. I said five hundred million barrels. A day. I heard you say that it was five hundred thousand, not million. I had a, I made a mistake. The bottom line is, it actually turns out to be between crude and sweet oil about seven hundred and four thousand uh, barrels of oil a day that we import, not a half a million. I did a little more research because I'm like, when I rolled out of here, I thought. Something's wrong. That that seemed like the wrong number. So, do, do you know the difference between sweet and crude? Crude, I don't. The taste. Uh, that's where I was going. I, mean, I thought it's I thought pretty it, darn if, simple. If you're skinny like Andy, you go with the crude. Ask a right. stupid if question, get a like stupid answer. If you're, sweet if like you're, me, you're Chucky like you and I are. You go with uh, the other. Yeah. There you go. Anything else that you want to know, Andy? That answered that, didn't it, Andy? <laughs> I just leave it alone. I go back to my esthetician story. If you no, like. no, no, nope. right. no, we're good. Look, why don't we talk about, uh, and I said this to Greg and, and, and it's something that it's one of those questions that I, I know that Greg's going to give us a good answer on because he deals with all of this a lot. Um, there was a story that came out about, uh, you think it's cheaper to fill a gas powered vehicle than to charge an electric one. And I think there's, there's basically two sides to that, right? No, there's really only one. Oh, okay. And, and and the one is is that I'm going to go back and say it one more time. 
when we read these articles, you know, it's funny in the old days, I used to read an article and go, oh, that's interesting. That has an interesting thought. And now I go and I look at an article and I look at what did they omit and why did they omit it? Or who wrote it? I mean, that's kind of a big thing. Well, too. Where but did so it come from? This website was one, I think it was called Verify. And what they were trying to do is, you know, verify that, uh, you know, what the numbers are on gas versus electric cars. Just really quick on that. This is from WLTX and they subscribe to Verify is okay. kind of the way that it works to fact check, quote unquote, certain things. And just the way that this came out was just kind of silly. It, well, here's the silliness. Um, if the one thing that they didn't do in car and driver did about a year and a half or two years ago, they did a complete comparison and they did a comparison of a, of a mini electric vehicle and a mini non-electric. And then they did a Hyundai Kona electric and a Hyundai Kona, um, hi, either hybrid or regular gas. I don't remember that portion of it. But they did the comparison, and it turned out that the electric vehicle at that point was a lot more expensive to own and operate. But the problem with the article is it's focused on one thing, and it's focused on how many cents per mile does it cost you to operate a vehicle. Well, here's the funny part. is it So it says it's about five cents a mile for electricity, and it is 17 cents a mile for gas. But that's based upon gas prices now, right now. But And the thing that article took into it, lightly into account, but they didn't really do the calculation on it, was that there's three levels of charging on an electric vehicle. You have 110, just a slow charger at home. You have a stage two, which is a faster charge. And then you have a stage three, which you can charge your car in about 20 to 30 minutes. So, and I believe, and I'm not 100% certain, but I believe that when you see a, a Tesla or uh, any of these charge point stations, you'll see like at Walmart or whatever that they put in, that they are a system that is a stage three, so they can charge you faster. The downside of a stage three is your battery life is less. And I saw something really interesting that said that the uh, average life of a battery on electric vehicles should be about uh, 17 years or 200,000 miles. But if you fast charge it all the time, that's going to cut that dramatically. Right. Well, they claim you're going to diminish it by 10%, your, your range by 10%. But here's my issue with just, I'm going to start with the battery. I love it when they make projections of how long something will last, because I can't tell you how many LED bulbs I've bought that said that they've got a, uh, the last, you know, I don't know, 15 years or 20 years. And I used to put up a whole bunch of them on the showroom floor in another dealership I was in. And within a week, one of them, two of them blew up. So they didn't quite make it to 20 years. And, but the next question is, how do they know they haven't gone 20 years? So how do they know it's going to last 17 years? But then, and so that five cents isn't taking into consideration uh, whether or not you're going to have to buy new batteries for the car, whether you have to buy a new electric engine for the car. That's strictly on charging. And I'm not sure whether they averaged it or not, but here's what I will tell you is an issue. So my general sales manager at work um, was talking to me and he wanted to buy an electric car for his wife. And I kind of questioned it. I said, why not a hybrid instead of an electric? And he said, well, I don't know. And then, of course, then we took in a Tesla Y in trade. That's a pretty cool car. And he goes, oh, that's it. I'll buy that for my wife. Well, he came to work the other day and he forgot to plug it in when he got to work. And he didn't, he didn't get it on a full charge. And when he got to work, um, he forgot to plug it in and he was going home and he looked down and he was at 3%. Uh -oh. So he pulled into his, either his in-laws or his parents' house and he put it on the charger and they had a 110 charger. He plugged it in or he plugged the 110 charger he had in. And he sat there for about an hour and it barely moved the needle and only put 
you know, a couple percent charge, not even enough to get him home. He had to call his wife to come get him and leave the car there charging and then go back the next morning to get it. And it's still at that didn't give it a full charge. So there's a lot of things that go into what you think about when you buy an electric vehicle. And now he's leaning toward a hybrid. He goes, I don't know that I want that. Um, And the guy that traded it in actually said the reason he traded, he loved the car, but he said he couldn't find enough places to charge it. Um, for what his use was. He put 21,000 miles on it, I believe. And uh, and he said it was just a struggle. So he traded it on a different car. So the problem with these articles that are so slanted toward one thing, they're not making people think about the whole picture. And let's add one more they thing. Don't, I don't think they want people to think about well, the whole they don't. picture. They don't because that, that furthers that agenda of, well, we should go out and buy an electric car. And I think Saki said it the other day, Jen Saki said it on TV. And I think even uh, Miss Harris said it on TV when she was talking that we should all just not worry about gas prices and go buy an electric vehicle. I stopped drinking sake <laughs> simply because I don't like her that intently. Thank you. Stop um, sake. But I will say this: um, sometimes you can see her. She wasn't originally a redhead. You no, she wasn't. Her roots. She got bad roots going she needs on. To go back to the we, old ways. She is a twin of one of the salespersons here. Easy. Yeah. What? Easy. That's not a bad thing. No, it's not. Uh-huh. Not mentally, I hope. Uh, yeah. I'm going to stop right there. Anyway, the the point about all of that information to go out and buy, and this is where it leads into that article, to go out and buy a electric vehicle is probably twenty to thirty thousand dollars more than a non electric vehicle. It's just not that easy. And even if they give you a tax credit, what if you don't need a tax credit? Well, I sent I sent you this earlier today, and and one of the final things that I, I put in there, and and I actually titled entitled it "Random Shit." is it seems more and more like especially with what you were talking about that the government and and several other folks are just trying to push us to get into that ev sector well they are that's the that's the green agenda but does that affect you as how does that affect you as a guy that sells cars well i'll be selling electric vehicles if that whole push goes to that uh level i mean if everybody if internal combustions go engines go away and listen i'm going to say it straight up i have nothing against an electric vehicle I know that I've kind of poured some fuel on the top of some of them in these conversations, but generally it has to do with the periphery, not the car itself. It has to do with the agenda. It has to do with marketing. It has to do with the decisions are made for us of whether, uh, of, of how we buy cars and right. all that. But, you know, we haven't solved the problem even electrically when you talk about uh, global uh, or climate change because how is the power generated? You know, you go to Lake Murray here and there's a there's hydroelectric power plant right behind. And it's a coal burning facility. That's that's kind of the thing that gets me a little bit with it. And I think I've talked about this. I've got a friend up in North Carolina that uh, his his feelings are completely to the left. He's an environmentalist type guy and he's worried about the ozone layer and all that. And all that's very important to him. And he even says buying an electric car is silly because you're still giving a huge carbon footprint with it. So, but we're told that it's so much better for the environment when in reality, it's just not. It's you got to make the electricity. Exactly. You got to make it some way. You got to make the batteries. Now, they are saying the projection is is that the batteries within probably 10 years will be organic material and we won't have to be concerned about the disposal of them. But what happens between now and then? That's and, what, for, and, and what happens to the performance of the organic materials? Is it going to be as good? And long-lasting as Probably. what they're putting I mean, on there. You know, you, you look at our technology and the way things go. We, I mean, manufacturing and development R and D does a pretty darn good job. And and if they're on to it now, uh, they'll make it happen. It may be a little bit diminished, but the good news is 
it's something that's replaceable and it's something that can be recycled or put somewhere where it's not creating a but problem. But the balloon period is still the problem, though. I mean, when, yes. when you really stop and think about it, like if you go and buy a new iPhone and you're one of those idiots that stands in front of the store and you're buying it like the day of before they come out with the quote unquote revised version that fixes all the bugs. I mean, that's kind of the same theory. You're going to end up with something that may have some flaws in it that haven't been tested. And if you're one of those people that waits outside for hours, please don't be offended that Rob Sanders just called you an idiot. You're not. You're an absolute idiot. If you're standing outside of a, an iPhone store and you're waiting like for concert tickets like Andy did in the 80s, yeah. that's just that's just crazy. You should only for, your own only for the Debbie Gibson show. Of course. Well, that's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I was thinking about this, Greg, and, and this is a real question. And, and you know, I'm, I'm a guy that likes an, uh, the internal combustion car. Maybe I'm just the old man yelling at the sky. But I think I've figured out something that I can do that will appease my friends that are to the left of the spectrum. And I'm hoping you can help me with this. I want a Tesla that has been modified to have a diesel engine. Can you help me with that? <laughs> no. No. Damn it, Greg. No, no help. No, That's I'm, what I want. Can you saying... imagine somebody rolling up with a Tesla with a diesel engine oh, on I it? I guarantee I saw something. Somebody <laughs> changed the motor in one of them, and I don't remember what they put in it. But, yeah, once the internals are dead. Um, some I did read somewhere that some Tesla has gone 750,000 miles. They also admitted uh, in that article that they have changed several motors and several battery packs. And I got to be honest with you, I have no idea what a battery pack for a Tesla costs. Right. But I guarantee you, it's not on the side of cheap. They just got more expensive, too, because Elon raised the prices. And he also said pump more oil, too. Normally, Greg's such a positive person, but he just flat out, nope, not helping you with that, Rob. You could take that on up the river. (laughs) (laughs) Elon did say to pump more oil. He did. Well, Elon does think with common sense once in a while. I mean, and he understands the deal. I, I think it's very, very sad that our government doesn't even involve him in conversations when he was the one that truly developed the car. So, you know, I can support what he's trying to do. He is, what he did was appeal to a demand. What the rest of them are doing are, it's force feeding us a car. You know, the performance of a Tesla Plaid, you know, which, which does a quarter mile and some crazy, you put it in ludicrous mode and it's zero to 60 in 2.4 seconds and all that stuff faster than about anything on the planet that has some value and the value is is that somebody wants to have that car and if you make really cool stuff people will buy really cool stuff let them make their own decision yeah but when you make a turd with wheels and put a battery in it i mean what's the point and charge 40 grand for it what's the point of that and it has to be subsidies subsidized subsidies. the point of it subsidized before anybody can even come close to affording it the point of it is so people can virtue signal look what i'm doing i'm driving an electric car well that's always been going on whether you're you know driving a porsche or whatever mask or wearing a mask mask? speaking of virtue signaling but that's just my opinion sorry nothing wrong with with one when you're robbing a bank there's nothing wrong with a mask i highly recommend (laughs) well I I still wonder about the whole thing with the electric cars, and I know that we're we're, we're knee deep in it now, right? And I get that, but it's just like if you want an electric car, and I understand you should have the opportunity to go and get that. But if you're just going to get it as far as it's going to help the environment, then I hate to use this term, but you're just misinformed. That's just kind of the way that I feel about it. It's like it just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. I like the technology and the quickness of the Teslas. The technology, the, the they're awesome. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I love the big screen. Like I yeah. said, I think we were talking about it. The stereo in the one I was in was just phenomenal. And mostly because it probably didn't have 
uh, noise coming back from the motor that was, you know, entering into the cabin. Yeah, and they're right. a pretty quiet ride. So, um, you know, there's lots of wins in that. And there's the, the idea that technology is moving forward is terrific. The idea that electricity versus, you know, it's easier to produce electricity probably is to produce oil. But nonetheless, I, I'm a supporter of it as long as we're not being forced to do it. And there you go. Please like, subscribe, and share the show as you see the crawl underneath the... Uh, please do. Please do. And thank you for your cooperation. You can catch us on uh, on YouTube. YouTube? Spotify? Where else are we? We're everywhere, aren't we? Spotify, the iHeartRadio app. Are we on the iHeartRadio app? You're all, we're also on iTunes. So, you know, you folks that uh, waited for that phone, you, you don't have to wait for the phone. You can just have it pop up right in your podcast feed. It's so exciting. It's what's exciting. good under the hood. Thanks for joining us for another episode this afternoon or today or this morning, whenever you're, whenever you're watching. 